Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, Jason Kidd is going to interview in Orlando. No Lakers get Defensive Player of the Year honors. And D'Angelo Russell in Jake Fisher's book calls Byron Scott an idiot. Let's start with Jason Kidd interviewing in Orlando. Last we heard from Kidd, he was taking his name out of the running for the Portland Trailblazers job because Damian Lillard asked for him to be the coach and he didn't want to put in any he didn't want to put anybody in awkward situations. If you hear some iffiness in my voice, it's because I have no idea what any of this means. I mean, there are some whispers behind the scenes, nothing I can report definitively, but let's just say that if it doesn't seem like Jason Kidd's explanation for taking his name out of the Portland Trailblazers job, uh, out of the running for it, if it seems like that doesn't quite add up, it's because it doesn't actually quite add up. And I would anticipate at some point we're going to learn more about that. As far as the Orlando job, I think it's safe to say one. So when, when Jason Kidd took his name out of the running for Portland, he kind of might have been signaling that he wasn't interested in, in coaching. He wanted to spend another year on the uh, on the Lakers bench in an assistant role and and see where his opportunities sit after next year. The fact that he is now immediately going to interview in Orlando would tell me that that actually isn't the case. He is interested in a head coaching job and his opportunities or his options are kind of dwindling because nobody, I mean nobody, would choose to go from even an assistant job with the Lakers to any position with the Orlando Magic. One thing to keep an eye on, though, as we learn more about Jason Kidd's interviews all over the country, is the Lakers are probably going to have some work to do on their on their assistant coaching staff. Whether Jason Kidd stays or goes, I would like to finally see Frank Vogel hire somebody who is more offensively inclined. There's a lot of defensive specialist coaches. There's a lot of there's a lot of coaches who come from a grinded out type background. But when you have LeBron James and when you have Anthony Davis, you should never be anywhere but near the top of offensive offensive efficiency uh, production. And and so for for where this team is and where it hopes to go next year, I do hope that one of these coaches that that either are find themselves out of the loop because of a new hire or if the Lakers just feel like going out and getting a specialist, the Lakers really do need to invest on that side of the ball in ways that they haven't to this point. Now, one theory that I've had all along since LeBron showed up is he basically told Vogel, you're in charge of the defense. I'll handle the offense. I'll have the ball in my hands and we'll figure things out from there. So if they do bring somebody in on the offensive side of the ball, it might throw some of that into whack and whoever that person is that they hire will probably have to be on really good terms with LeBron James, which suffice it to say, I think it's fair to wonder if that is Jason Kidd's role on the team right now, given the amount of respect that players seem to have for Jason Kidd. Problem is, though, at no point 
during Jason Kidd's tenures anywhere else did I ever find myself saying, huh, what he is doing schematically is really interesting offensively. He's the only coach to have slowed down Giannis other than the free throw line. And it, it, at this point, unless he's learned a ton, I, I think the Lakers will need a little bit more of an upgrade at that spot on their coaching staff. So the all-defensive teams went out earlier this afternoon, and the Lakers uh, strike out. Nobody gets any kind of honors like that. You had sparse voting for a few Lakers here and there. Contavious Caldwell-Pope got some votes. Uh, Alex Caruso got some. Dennis Schroeder got some. And Anthony Davis got some, which was interesting because of how much time he's missed. So what that would mean, it is now official, is that the best defense in the NBA did not have any representation on any of the all-defensive teams, which is a combination, in my, in my opinion, of a couple things. One, that we still have no idea what we're doing when we're talking about defense and, and we're awarding Defensive Player of the Year or individual or, or, or team defensive awards. This is just something that the media, I think, has at this point showcased we have no idea what we're watching or most of the media doesn't know, doesn't know what they're watching uh the other thing that it signals is that frank vogel continues to be a wizard on that side of the ball so whatever you think about frank vogel and whatever you think about his decision making his rotations and whether or not his hands are even tied in that respect the lakers do have an elite defensive head coach and it's just a matter of finding somebody who can compliment him in in somebody's ability to find an offense that makes a little bit more sense and is and and just makes the Lakers more consistent offensively and not so reliant upon LeBron James and Anthony Davis's individual talents. Jake Fisher appeared on the Anthony Irwin show which you can find in the same place that you're listening to this show and had this to say about D'Angelo Russell and Byron Scott and their relationship in the book he wrote uh, about tanking in the NBA. Quote, He's an idiot, Russell says of his coach. Russell felt Scott often yanked him from close contests purely to spark controversy and attention for his post-game media availability. I just think he was malicious for no reason. Uh, He's a solid man, but as a coach, he was bad. He was just bad at his job. Wow. <laughs> I agree. You guys are going to want to check out that podcast, though. It's called The Anthony Irwin Show. It's me, and I interview people. Uh, and Jake Fisher discussed the the tanking, ev- the evolution of tanking, where it is now compared to where it was when it was all anybody would talk about, the Lakers' foray into, uh, into tanking, and their unintentional foray into tanking is is how uh, Fisher described that. He also tells a story uh, and reports on the story of when the Lakers thought that they could land both LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony to finish out Kobe Bryant's career, what got in the way of that, and how close that could have come to, to coming to fruition. And uh, that's that's a fascinating one. It's really interesting, uh, The the all of the minutia that played a role in that not coming to to be and then eventually coming to be when LeBron finally did come to the Lakers a few years ago. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. We're back tomorrow with more 
of the latest and breakingest, newsiest stuff across the league. Didn't get into the Dallas Mavericks stuff because I want to hear some of the, the, the counterlinks and how upset Luka Doncic actually is there and whether the Lakers might ever have a chance at him. All of that good stuff over the course of the coming weeks. Have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you tomorrow.